Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse. So this last week, Mel and I had a really interesting question from a patron. It was about the paths and the sephirot in the Tree of Life. Now, of course, we refer to Kabbalistic correspondences a lot in the show, but we don't really get a chance to back up and look at the big picture of what's going on in the tree. How do you interpret a card according to its path and the sephirot it connects? What is Kabbalistic pathworking? And while we're at it, what is the model of reality that the tree is based on? Little questions like that. So Mel and I each decided to have a go at coming up with some explanations and some answers. And we each ended up writing a pretty substantial essay for the site. Mel's essay looks closely at structure and interpretation on the tree. And mine looks closely at source texts and magical context for the tree and its paths. Both of those essays are now available for patrons to read, and I think they'll really help fill in some gaps for those who have questions about the Tree of Life and, of course, who doesn't. <laughs> so I mention all this because this is the kind of material you get to see if you're a Fortune's Wheelhouse patron. It's not available anywhere else, and it's why signing up for Fortune's Wheelhouse is like getting to go to tarot school, but a school where you get to choose how much the tuition is. <laughs> Sign up at any level and you'll get access to all the material on the site. Sign up at $3 or more and you'll be entered in our giveaways too. This week, we're talking about the tower, that destructive martial force that breaks things into a million little pieces. And you know what our giveaway prize is? This is so cool. A jigsaw puzzle. It's an image of the tower card from Mel's Tabula Mundi deck. And you'll be able to take it apart and put it back together again forever and ever. Oh my god, I totally wish I could enter in this drawing. It's the coolest thing. Anyway, for your chance to win the one and only tower card jigsaw puzzle in all creation and all the educational posts that Mel and I have ever written for the site, come visit us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And now, here's this week's episode. <laughs> Okay, we are here to bring you the tower today. Dun, dun, dun. So would you say that this is like the major that people least like to see? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually pretty hard to read too, you know. I mean, I mean, I could say something constructive about any card, but this one is the one that you just know you have to prepare them for one way or another because something's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, so some of the names for this card are, besides the tower, there's a tradition in the European decks of calling it the fire or the thunder, you know, or the thunderbolt, le foudre, il fuoco, uh, La Sagita, uh, which is the arrow, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the arrow of Mars. Also, the probably the best known name for it from the Marseille is La Maison Dieu, which means the house of God or the right. God house or something like I've that. I've even heard it called the house of the devil occasionally. Really? That's cool. Yeah. La Maison Diable, which makes all kinds of sense. Actually, in some ways, it makes more sense than the house of God, but um, it's also called the blasted tower or the lightning the fire of heaven. The I fire think of I've heaven. Heard it called. Yep. Yep. And the lightning and war. Temple. Oh, war. Crowley said really? an alternate name for this card may as well be war. 
Right, which makes sense because the Empress card above it may as well be love. So you have yep. love and war yep. on these sort of uh, parallel paths, the card of Venus and the card of Mars. We can talk more about that later. Uh, it's also called the Lord of the Hosts of the Mighty. So yeah. that's the hermetic title. What's up with that? I think it's a reference to its path between Hod and Netzach, because Hod and Netzach both have god forms associated with them that are called armies. Oh, so the hosts cool. of the mighty. Lord of the hosts of the mighty, yeah. right. So, and thus war, you know, it's got armies yes. on either side of it, in a sense. Yeah, so mar- marching along the path, <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. In formation. And um, it's also called the Roof of Isode, because it's there right above uh, the ninth there. And it's, mm. it's you know, it's like a parallel path right over Isode. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're like... Diving right Diving into, right into Let's it. Do yep. it. Let's yep. do it. So it's the path right over you. So it's hovering, you know, uh, between the seventh and eighth sephirot. Check yep. your diagrams. It's the lowermost parallel path of the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's associated with the letter pay, which means speak. Or mouth. Or mouth. And you know what's really interesting about that? I mean, there's so much that's interesting about the speech references in this card. But one of them is... Um, the idea that when you do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which I don't know about you, but I do every morning, it's, um, you're supposed to be standing at the intersection of Samech and Pei. So at the intersection of temperance Mm. and the tower. So there's this idea that, you know, you're speaking your connection with the divine, you know, speaking with the mouth of Pei, the connection with the arrow, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Straight up to the divine. And you're, you're in this oracular place at that moment between those two forces. Surrounded by the rest yeah. of the tree. Surrounded of, by yeah. the rest of the tree with with Hod on one side of you and Netzach in, on the other. And you're, you know, standing there in a revolving cone of light, <laughs> uh, surrounded by flaming blue pentagrams. It's awesome. So uh, the other thing that's really cool about the speech references or the, the idea to speak with the letter pay is that a lot of people like to connect the story of the Tower of Babel with this card. Mm. And, you know, is it legitimate? Is it not? It doesn't matter, really, because it's something that that people see in it. And this idea that in the story of the Tower of Babel, we can just go through it real quick. The idea is that people were trying to build this temple to reach the heavens, not the house of God, right to attain that those heights. And uh, they left off everything else they were doing. They, in the version that I like best, they they stopped planting the fields, they stopped, you know, harvesting the corn, and they devote all their energies to this building. And when they get to the top of it, you know, God strikes the tower. Well, actually, in, in the original myth, there is no striking of a physical tower, but he divides their speech so that they cannot understand each other anymore. And to me, the striking of this pillar is a really good metaphor for that, you know, this language being the crowning glory of mankind, (laughs) you know, and he strikes it, divides them so they can't communicate anymore. They can't follow through on this amazing act of hubris to try and reach the heavens. And they're forced to go back to working together and feeding each other and cooperating and surviving. And that is represented as an act of mercy, um, the, a divine act of mercy rather than a simple act of punishment. You know, the idea that, you know, you're killing yourselves. Let me help you <laughs> by punishing you or by, you know, by, by taking away this thing you think you want that you don't really need. 
And that's why sometimes we see in, especially in the older cards, you'll see like a plume, you know, or a feather rather than an actual lightning bolt. The, um, in Marseille, there's like a feather coming or plume coming from the heavens. That's kind of an indication of divine grace, you know, rather mm. than the, the fiery, the fiery fires of fiery destruction. <laughs> oh, and there are yodes on the, on the Rider Waite card. I believe there are how many? 22 of them? Mm, I didn't count them. Let's count. I think there's, yeah, there's 10 on the right side. One, two, three, four, five, six, and 12, 12 on, the, on other. the other. So, so 22. Right. So that's, that's significant because you have the 10 Sephirot mm-hmm. and the numbers want the sacred numbers one through 10. And then you have the 12 signs of the zodiac and together they make up the also important number 22, the number of paths on the tree and letters in the Hebrew alphabet. We also have, we have references to Keter. Don't we? Yeah. 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 Well, we have a lot, especially in the Crowley card, there's a lot of references to, to parts of the tree. Yeah. Let's in, go through them. In the in the weight card, there's the crown, mm-hmm. which... The, um, crown, the literal crown of Keter. Right. Or it could be the, you know, what they call the, the false crown of ego or the, mm. of I, false ideas. Mm-hmm. I like that. And, the, and there are like these three flaming windows, which could be the supernals. Some people like to say that. Uh, how about in the in the Crowley card? What, what so there's all there? sorts of stuff there because mm-hmm. so you've got the uh, the dove and the serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, the dove being suggestive of Netzach and Venus, mm-hmm. um, and then the serpent being uh, suggestive of <laughs> uh, <laughs> well many things, but that would be the the hode. You know, I'm surprised it's not a winged serpent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually a lion serpent, so. It's it's the Braxis. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just like it's seen on the Lust card, the um, you see the Abraxas serpent, the lion-headed serpent. So he's a lion-headed serpent. Yeah, and he's Abraxas. got the solar. See how he's got the solar yeah. rays around his head? That's cool. Um, so Abraxas, you know, breaks down to the number 365, which is a reference to the number of days in the year. So it's a solar. It's mm-hmm. a solar so is he reference. A, so Abraxas, is he a demon? Is he a spirit? What is... God form. I don't know. God form, <laughs> I would say. God form, okay. And uh and represented by So that's lion serpent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be, you know, pro- possibly a reference also to Horus and Tiferet because um, of the solar thing happening around. But you his... could also look at as that eye as being a solar reference. So Tiferet mm-hmm. between Netzach and Hod, if you look at it looks like that section of the tree. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And we also always see we've we've probably been talking about this ever since way back in the Empress this idea of the d- descending dove and the rising serpent as um, you know as as a form of divine grace and a, and the serpent as aspiring up the tree towards the Godhead. So you have the the downward and upward motion together, and they're kind of opposites, you know, Venus and. The serpent, the serpent and the dove, you know, um, well, that would be mm-hmm. Venus and Mercury in a sense, but also Venus and Mars in mm-hmm. a sense as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, um, I've heard it argued that that window with the cross in it. In, Malkut. Or, yeah, it's a Malkut reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would be the, you know, the house of matter in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah. Being yeah. broken down. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, one one thing that's kind of interesting about these uh, p- 
parallel paths. So if you take the Hebrew letter for each of the paths and convert it to its numeral and add up the three parallel paths, it adds up to 93. So Does it really? Yeah, it That's does. That's cool. Yeah. So if you take um, pay and Dalet tet and, and Dalet yeah. mm-hmm. and add them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also kind of cool that, you know, the lust card is well, poised above the tower, <laughs> if you will, it can, another, you know, kind of Yeah, you had a really sexual, great observation um, in the Empress one about how we have the Venus Empress, and then we have, you know, right. the Mars Tower. And if you combine them, you have this sex and war goddess, you know, right. lust strength in the middle. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could think of the Empress as the dove and the lust card as the serpent, mm-hmm. Tet being the yeah. letter of serpent. So then you've got dove and serpent above the tower um, mm-hmm. path. Absolutely. And it's also interesting, this this eye, um, I mean, it's kind of a carryover from the devil in, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, there's that's a devil reference. Also, the um, the figures that are falling in both cards, um, I think it's book T or the original descriptions of the cards said that they should be in the shape of the letter Ayin. Really? I can sort of see that with the outstretched limbs yep. of Ayin. Um, I like this idea that you know, the path of the eye of the devil from Tiferet to Hod is, you know, there, they meet at, at Hod, and there's sort of like the eye of the devil shining through Hod, you know, through this, this filter of perception into the tower card. Yeah, there's a definite cool progression between the devil and the tower where mm-hmm. the devil is telling you to look and mm-hmm. see you know, the illusory nature of constructs. And if you don't, mm-hmm. the eye is going to blink <laughs> and it's it's going to take it down for you. It's going to take it down you, for yeah. you. Yeah. And it's impossible not to look at the Crowley card without seeing the great lidless eye of Sauron from mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You just can't, right? Yeah. It's just... Uh, ever since the movies came out, I look at this card in a completely, you know, altered light. Yeah. Yeah, there's... The, the the destructiveness and the fieriness and the inevitability all sort of go with that archetype in Tolkien. As a double letter, planetary letter, right? Yep. Which means that it has it's double... Mar- for Mars. Yeah, it has double attributes, which interestingly enough are grace and indignity or indignation. And I've always been very curious about unpacking that because what does that really mean what is indignity versus indignation is it like indignity sounds like humiliation in a way indignation Mm. sounds like anger Anger, right the two kind of go together right while being sort of different anger sounds very martial Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. whereas grace makes me think of sometimes this card can be positive in the Mm -hmm. sense of illumination and you know the the lightning flash of uh, br- brilliance of, yeah. yeah and this idea, Enlight- enlightenment kind of like in the Babel story that this act of destruction is also an act of mercy and you know honestly when I see this card and I have seen it so many times when I'm reading for people so often it represents some marital infidelity that is coming to light you know I've seen that as well yeah, yeah. it just happens literally in fact if there is any if if I'm looking at somebody's relationship and they want to, you know, and they're concerned about this issue, it comes up. And even if I don't want to see it or, you know, if they don't want to see it, it will come up. I had a, in a reading for a friend a couple years ago. She didn't even know about it and I didn't know about it. We thought she was just like moving her house because that was stressful. And that 
turned out to be the case. It is very reliable um, as a as a in straight divination to represent this karmic thing that's going on that needs to be balanced. You know, regardless of whether you're judging whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, the infidelity, it is it is definitely recognizing something that has to be balanced out, like it or not. So and what's interesting is that, you know, and that too, that that very issue, if infidelity comes with those like that whole grace and indignation sort of thing, there's going to be there's going to be like the Venusian sort of attraction to someone balanced by the humiliation and the anger and resentment, which will inevitably follow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And definitely to be the one on the receiving end of that treatment is definitely mm-hmm. an ego shattering moment. It certainly and, you is. Know, destruction of the self and the, the perception of self. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the one thing that everyone always says when this happened was like, my world has been shattered. I don't know what's real anymore, which is like exactly, right. <laughs> you know, the definition of this card. Breaking the fortress of the self. Yeah. Let's let's go to talking about Mars, shall we? Sure. Okay. Lots of Mars references everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, you know, we we thought we were all phallic all the time in the last card, but here we are again <laughs> with the um, erupting tower. I guess wherever you get Mars, you're going to have these themes of uh, sex and penetration. Penetration. What's interesting is that uh, the keywords that astrologers use, or at least I know that Austin Kopic uses for Mars, are cutting and burning. So here's the burning. <laughs> right. right. Here's the, you know, this, the fiery Mars at work with the, the purgative fire. And let's see, Mars rules uh, Aries. Aries and Scorpio. Yes. Right? So we have both the sort of that initial energy of uh, the inrush of like life fire in Aries and then the transformative, you know, purgative fire of Scorpio. And interestingly, Mars is in detriment in Venus's signs. So in Libra and Taurus Mm. and vice versa. So Venus is in detriment in Mars's signs. So, you know, they're really set up as polar opposites. That's kind of interesting too, because if you go back to the Netzach and Mm -hmm. Hode thing, the balance between emotional and intellectual in this card, I think the emotional loses out a little bit mm-hmm. that, you know, like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a weaker force in mm-hmm. a sense. Like, if mm-hmm. you know what I'm getting I at. I do. I yeah. do. I see that there's a sort of like, no matter how much you want to connect and, you know, understand we have division and force and compulsion and dissection. Mm. So where, whereas um, Venus has this, quality to attract and find common ground um, right mars is a separate in this force in the thoth card the the dove of venus is kind of fleeing it looks like fleeing the scene in a sense yes you know. yes it's sort of the dove of peace is leaving the picture yeah <laughs> yeah i did a quick rundown of the um of the associated miners, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'll just read the names of them because they're so suggestive. The Mars cards are uh, Two of Wands, Dominion, mm. Nine of Swords, Cruelty, mm. <laughs> Seven of Wands, Valor, mm-hmm. you know, Five of Cups, Disappointment, uh, Three of Discs, Worker Works, and uh, and Ten of Cups, Satiety, which is 
Interesting. Those are all the Mars cards. Yeah, yes. those are all the Mars yeah. cards. So there, there's all this domination and sex and, you know, and mm. and uh, feelings, all the feels out of balance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mars, you know, being the planet for uh, Gavora, too. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of that, Gavora, I always have this phrase that pops into my head is, let justice be done, though the heavens may fall. Though the heavens may fall, yeah. And, and that reminds me of this card. It totally <laughs> reminds me of that card. I mean, it's you can see the heavens falling all around. And then there's the, uh, the dove and serpent being the two forms of desire that uh, mm-hmm. Crowley mentions, you know, the will to live and the will to die, and how yes. they're not actually incompatible forces. right. Right. And I think of those two forces, will to live and will to die, as being very Venus-Mars kind of, mm-hmm. you know, in balance. Or mm-hmm. the two forms of desire, I've heard it called that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, in the Scorpio is ruled in modern astrology by Pluto, too. Right. The so, underworld god. And yeah. we've got here the, the, the jaws, jaws of this belching so, fire from the underworld, from the bottom of the card. Right. So that's a specifically um, Crowleyan thing, as opposed to a weight thing, this connection with the underworld, with the fiery inferno of hell. Uh, literally the hell mouth the hell mouth in old medieval processions they had the giant mouth with Did they? demons coming flying oh, out great. of it and, yeah <laughs> that's just great the hell mouth so he says he he describes it as the jaws of dis or dis pater father dis and i looked that up a little bit dis pater was a roman god he was again a chthonic god um like we were talking about in the devil card not long ago, a god of wealth and fertility. And eventually he became, you know, sort of confused and conflated with Pluto and Hades. But he he was also um, governor of, or he was in charge of a part of hell. So so when we mm. see the... And you should think, just think of the word dis and all the, yes. the associated, you know, dis-ease, you mm-hmm. know, lack of ease causing dis-ease. The, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of negative uh, words associated with dis <laughs> right right this um eruption of uh infernal fire from the netherworld i think um crowley i think you mentioned his diary in your mm-hmm. in your diagram here mm-hmm. but i also read somewhere that in his diary he used the letter pay to indicate oral sex <laughs> I saw that too. I for, I forget where that's yeah, from. Yeah, I forget. I, I forget where it's from too. But oh gosh. <laughs> well, of course he did. Yes, of course yeah. he did. As we say, as we like to say, this uh, whole path. So we mentioned it being you know between seven and eight, above mm-hmm. above nine on the tree, and it's the lowest parallel path. Right around that section of the tree is also what's called the Veil of Perilketh. Oh so, yeah, right. Like we see it in the Temperance card. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. yeah. And you mentioned standing at the crossroads there, right, um, right, in, right, in the uh, ritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Tower experience deconstruction of the self. If you mm-hmm. can't handle that, then you're not allowed to pass the the veil and move into the higher right. the realms. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's a, also, when you think about Kabbalah, it's very interesting to think about, think about the minor numbers and the connection via the major paths. Like if you're trying to 
deal with seven versus eight, it's interesting to think about how you can get between the two using the path of the tower. So, mm. you know, for example, if you're, um, suppose you got the eight of swords and the seven of swords, you have the sort of like uh, interference and stagnation of the eight of swords and this sort of feeling of stuckness. Futility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you can break through that, through to that to the seven, you know, which, well, it has its, own problems is gives you some freedom of motion and you know it's sort of like and whereas the futility of the seven if you are trying to balance it out with the order of the eight you can cross this uh cross this path of grace um to try and find that it's just an interesting key to use i like the phrase you just used Mm -hmm. freedom of motion because Mm -hmm. i think this whole breakdown that the tower causes allows you some freedom of motion because then you have really no choice but to rebuild you know exactly exactly it's blank slate time yeah 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 yeah. it frees you from a prison you know they say the Mm -hmm. deconstruction of some construct that no longer serves that's right that's right and as stressful as the tower is and as as destructive it is as it is to all the things you already know, you do get a fresh start afterwards. It's just like after the rain, after the thunderstorm, you have that beautiful fresh mm. air that, you know, and the birds are singing and the air is clear and the sun is out and you get to start again. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the progression of Devil Tower Star. Yeah. You know, yeah, do you true. see the illusion? No, break down. Well, mm-hmm. after the rubble clears then Mm -hmm. the starry sky (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's right yeah and there's that moment it really feels like that if you can imagine just the natural equivalent of that progression as being before the thunderstorm where it's heavy and confined and closed and you're trapped Mm. and claustrophobic in the devil and then you have the thunderclap and the rain and the fire you know and the fires of heaven uh in the tower and then you have the clear air and the um Mm. and the freedom to act in the star I like that. I feel like making a connection between the 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 mountain of the tower and the mountain of the hermit, but I I don't really know how to do that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a you know, if the tower the tower is connected to Hode Mercury, Mercury there's yes, that connection there's that. with yep. the uh, Virgo rulership of the hermit, you know, so there's kind of a right in the hermit as being, you know, an old age archetype Mm -hmm. breakdown Mm -hmm. eventually follows old age or (laughs) some sort right oh and i've also seen the uh reference to the two falling figures in the wait smith tower as possibly being netzach and hod you know the colors uh well no the colors Mm -hmm. are more uh and kezed Kezed, but but you know there's a female one and there's a male one Mm -hmm. so you know you can kind of say i don't know much about it but i also heard them referred to as the kings of edom symbolic of you know return to nothingness you know destruction for again perhaps getting a bit too big for your britches, <laughs> as they right, say. Right, right. Right for a takedown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although color-wise, at least in the um, Thoth card, we've got, it's very faithful. Yeah, it's, it's just like just like the um, Emperor card. It's pretty much all reds all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's the, and, the uh, red channel. And Lady Frida adds black, which is appropriate for, you know... Uh, having its exaltation in Capricorn. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
um, because of the Saturnian. Yeah, so there's there's like influences. various reds, bright red, scarlet red, Venetian red, and I think a, a red rayed emerald, yeah, which we don't see much of the emerald in here. But um, so what's Venetian red? Is that just like a darker? Yeah, red? it's like a kind of like brick red kind of mm-hmm. thing, kind of mm-hmm. a little brown brownish red kind of. Yeah, um, dry blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of an earthier red. Yeah, yeah. And I like it because, you know, if you if you look at fire, it's never all one color, you know, mm. and there's it reminds me when I look at this, it reminds me of the flickering of flame from red to orange to yellow. Um, OK, so some number stuff there are emanating from this eye in the Thoth card. Mm-hmm. I believe we have 27 rays. Mm. So the path. Yeah, so it's path 27 and again we derive that by starting with uh 10 sephirot and then 11 is the fool and then you count up to 16 is the tower and which is the 27th path. Now that's just sort of a mm. self-referential thing um around the eye there. Another thing of note is that the Thoth card has four falling figures as opposed to two falling oh. figures in the in the other card. And what do you make of that? That's interesting. I don't know when I when I think of four, I think of structure and earth, and mm-hmm. you know, perhaps mm-hmm. it's the breakdown of you know, and just another breakdown of structure reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. What a, what about numerological reduction from sixteen takes us to seven? There's a connection with the, the chariot. chariot which well, is... the chariot's very martial in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you think of the chariots of war. Yes, yes, there's that. Well, it's interesting because there's a, I think there's an opposition going on in a way because, first of all, Mars is in fall in Cancer, which mm-hmm. is the sign of the chariot. Yep. And you have all of that sort of armor and increasing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Very and... martial-looking figure, even though it's yeah. water. Yeah. I mean, there's that idea that... Well, it, it takes me back to the phrase you use, freedom of motion again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea that the chariot takes you from one place to the next yeah. on, a, on a mission. After the mm-hmm. destruction, you got to go somewhere. <laughs> right, right. I, th- I always think of the armor of the charioteer as, as a sort of uh, external thing. It's an ego thing. It's sort of like, okay, Rid- this is rigidity. my assignment. Yeah. yeah, this is my yep. thing that I have to do that is not my true self, mm. you know, and that perhaps the tower is a way of destroying that, you know, and and in all of the sort of sword spear cutting uh, attributes of Mars. The whole point of that kind of weaponry is to get through the armor, right? It's like it's to pierce, right? To pierce and to break uh, penetration again. Yeah. Yeah. That which does not wish to be penetrated. So definitely a sort of violence, sort of like when you can't get in any other way, like when you're trying to get inside a bottle of wine and you can't do it because it's stuck and you finally just break the thing. Not that I've ever done that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Actually, you can hit it against the trunk, wrap it in a towel and yeah. ever see that done? I've seen it works. Done. I've done I've, it. I've also seen it done like in a shoe, you know. So oh, shoe yeah. And, and, and against hammer the against the tree or the wall, <laughs> something solid. Yeah. And you would think it would not work, but it Apparently, it's a miracle. It, does. it does work. Apparently, it does. Yeah. Thus, I have been very desperate to get enough into a, a bottle of wine that I've tried it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. To, Comes I'd in like handy on a picnic happen. if you forget your corkscrew. Yes, which one always does. In general, all all war gods are associated with this path: um, Krishna, Shiva, 
Mm. Mars, Aries. Um, yeah, the Eye of Shiva we have yeah, here. Yeah, what, what do you know about the Eye of Shiva? I don't really know anything. I just know it's a thing. Well, when Shiva closes his eye, the universe is destroyed. Oh, I see. Got you. Right. Yeah, that whole trinity, you know, creator, sustainer, and destroyer. Mm-hmm. Shiva being the destroyer. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. part of the cycle. We also have the Eye of Horus. Um, mm-hmm. g- general Eye of God motifs. Mm-hmm. And the figures are all usually shown like upside down. Yes, they are. They've been turned around. They've somehow. been upended and yeah. inverted. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, you know, in the Marseille versions, it always looks like it's a, it's a much lighter feeling. You know, they're still heading to the ground, but the ground is not very far away. And they're surrounded by, you know, bouncing balls of light, <laughs> like, like they're in the uh, bubble pen at Ikea or something. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, um, a, a much greater emphasis on the fertility that's associated with Mars rather than the destructive aspects. I'm trying to count mm-hmm. how many um, rays are around the, are on the, that sun. I think there's 15. Tell me if I really? counted Let's wrong. Really? Let's see. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I get 15 too, although mm. there could be one behind the neck. There could be the one thing. behind that you're not seeing, which so, would be 16 this card, but 15 mm-hmm. again the devil. Right. Back to right, the, and you know. a reference to both of them. Yeah. 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 Do you think that there's an implied uh, connection to the lightning flash itself in here? You know, you sort of in the oh, zigzag. Yeah. I here. mean, how could you not think that? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm-hmm. And again, oh, also on the weight card, it looks exactly like the path of the lightning flash. Um, and this the, this path is on that mm-hmm. flash from, you know, mm-hmm. seven to eight. It sort of reminds me of the, um, I don't know, like the current of electricity <laughs> as well as the destructive and creative, you know, potential of power through electricity. Yeah, that whole lightning flash symbolism, mm-hmm. it's symbolically lighting up every single one of the Sephirotes. Mm-hmm. 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 That makes sense. More like enlightenment inspiration motif. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. One thing that I that we didn't talk about with the phallic references is that in the in the Wade Smith Tower, I've heard that this uh, this toppling crown could be a reference to the rite of circumcision. Ouch! <laughs> kind of uh, disturbing to think of, but but the you know, but still, the rite of circumcision is a sign of the covenant with God. Um, in Judaism, it's a it's a sign of agreement. You know, I'm not sure that Wait had that first and foremost on his mind when he instructed <laughs> Pixie to draw this, but nevertheless, there you have it. All right, so some of the um some of the references that I know you you use a lot when you um when you draw this card are like the reference of the wolf or you know there's always a a boar or, or a martial animal in your yeah. cards which I like a lot and I wish were in you know in these cards as well. Yeah, you- there's a lot of martial animals in in mine that there's the boar obviously mm-hmm. the um the griffin mm-hmm. the chimera Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, when we get the 
nine of swords. So Spiffo, this is our friend in Australia. Spiffo and I have taken to trying to eat pork when we get that. <laughs> Just as like, a this is the sympathetic magic thing, right? You know, you get 10 the boar, of swords, yeah. you eat kebabs or you buy needles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The nine of swords, you eat pork. <laughs> to stave soothe off the, the savage beast. Soothe the savage beast. <laughs> That's right. Escape the tusks of the boar by eating it. <laughs> or you get some bratwurst. <laughs> Kilbasa, that's that's which is a dual (laughs) symbolism. Yes, yes, just to to hammer home the point here, we've got the sausage and the pork (laughs) all happening. I'm actually, we're actually buying some kielbasa today for a party tonight. Bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never let you forget you're a man. And the the botanical references with Mars are really interesting. You know, you expect the stinging things and the bitey things and right. the predators in general. Yeah. Animal, yeah. animal predators. Yeah, but also plants that have defenses against Net- like nettles. nettles. Exactly, yeah. right. And Poison so, ivy, perhaps? Oh, maybe so. Maybe so, I think it so. It definitely burns. And things that are bitter, like rue and wormwood, um, Garlic's often associated with the tower, right? Mm, Garlic, Um, mustard. Mustard, radish, tobacco, all those sort of like bitter or dangerous alkaloids, you know. You had asked me, uh, I forget when it was, probably when we did The Emperor, if I had any pepper, and I was kind of saving it for Mars because that's Ah, definitely the one that we we use for Mars. It's funny to have um, black pepper in a... So I, I buy my... A lot of my um, smells from Perfumer's Apprentice, and you know, at first I was like, "Why do I really need to buy black pepper? Do I can't I just like you know grind Tink- some tincture some peppercorns?" <laughs> yeah, but um, but it really I love the smell of this uh, this pepper that they created. It's mm, um, that's delightful. Yeah, the great thing about pepper generally in working with perfumes is that even if you use one drop, it just you know, juices the mix. It's lively. Brings it alive. And you would never recognize that there's pepper in there, just like in when you're eating it. I eat seven peppercorns a day. Do you really? What's that about? It's supposed to be uh, good, obviously good for your health and livening, Mm -hmm. but it has this, this is kind of interesting in relationship to the tower because it Mm -hmm. has the uh, property of uh, breaking up congestion in oh, the body does that help with the lungs it and does stuff yeah like that? so do you crunch on them or do yeah you i crunch on them and <laughs> take a sip of lemonade or uh-huh. something and wash yeah. them down so um why seven is that a thing it's a yogic thing the mm-hmm. seven peppercorns is supposed to be the right number mm-hmm. that you need daily to seven chakras. accomplish yeah perhaps. number of venus i don't know <laughs> number of the chariot number of the chariot <laughs> as well keeps things moving mm-hmm. <laughs> right like that Okay, so um, the the note associated with this card, which is all red all the time, is of course the note C, C natural. Um, so I'm I, I'm always glad when it's time when when Tuesday rolls around and it's time to uh, do my incantations on the note C because it's relatively in my range and easy to sing, <laughs> unlike some of the other notes. Anytime you have red or a connection with Mars, you're liable to be um, dealing with the note C, interestingly hmm. enough. So there's low C and high C. Yeah. How I does mean, that, how do you think that plays into this card? I mean, the first thing I thought of is the higher C, like what's the note that's said to shatter 
glass, you know, the, oh, the soprano, the soprano yeah, hit, hits a high, high note and it shatters things. It Wouldn't makes that me think cool? of the tower. If yeah. it was high C, that would be really cool. But let's I don't check know it out. It okay. So the question is the, the idea is that if you, if you sing a note at over a hundred decibels in volume and it matches the resonance of the glass, then the glass will shatter. So I took right. out a couple of wine glasses. Not that I'm going to sing. I'll spare you that. But I wanted to see what uh, frequency, the what note the wine glasses resonated. Here's a small one. Well, that actually is a C. Um, and this big one is, that's actually a lower D. So, um, so I guess it can, you know, we just so saw it could that be a high C would shatter this a- little guy here. <laughs> it's pretty sturdy. I've dropped it on the floor, <laughs> but, um, but you know, they say that it could be any note that happens to match the frequency of the glass, but it certainly could be a high C if, if that were the case. That's interesting. Yeah, now, as far as like as Mars far- and vibration and yeah. shattering and the I like that idea. It's very poetic. And the the mouth, you know, making the the sound. Yes. Yeah. The mouth. Yes, that's great. So as far as musical note associations go, they don't really distinguish between one octave and the next. It's just like all C's are associated with red or associated with Mars. But um, there are definitely associations with perfumes that differ per octave. So I've seen like... Couldn't there be like red and infrared? Yeah, you'd think so, right? You'd think so. Yeah. I mean, there's enough frequencies out there, both in vision and in sound that, anyway. But uh, perfumers have had at one point, uh, like in the 18th century, when they were connecting everything with everything, there's like a list of perfumes that go like three or four octaves. And they even have something called a perfumer's organ, which is like... Oh, God, don't you want that? Yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of it. Yeah. So it's literally like a uh, uh, an arrangement that has, you know, dozens and dozens of scents in it. That and you press a key and they, no, they, they, they missed out. Oh, that that's what great, I pictured. Right? Be- <laughs> Along with a beam of colored light for the right color. Yeah, I want one. Let's yeah. invent one. Sounds very steampunk. I, I would I would totally go for one of those. Sounds Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so um, yeah, I think that we've pretty much covered it. So we've talked a lot about um, the destructive powers of Mars. We've talked about the purifying aspects of that fire. We've talked about uh, karmic effects that come around in that in this card. Um, the balance between emotional and intellectual exactly. realms or love and will, you might say, in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. And both the uh, the fertile and the destructive qualities of this disruptive act. All right. That wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. You know, um, I didn't even hit my head, which is usually what happens when I get the tower. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's it for the tower, and we'll be back next time with the star. Wish upon a star. See you then. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you're enjoying Fortune's Wheelhouse, won't you leave us a review on iTunes? It's more helpful to us than you can imagine. Even a sentence or two multiplies our reach so that other tarot enthusiasts out there, like you, can find and enjoy the show. 
And if you'd like to have a chance at these amazing giveaways that we keep mentioning, why not become a patron at the $3 level or above? You'll be entered to win in our prize drawings, you'll gain access to the 78 Playlist Tarot Music Project on Spotify, and you'll unlock a treasury of patron-only esoteric content on our website. What's that website again? It's www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. We can't wait to welcome you to the wheelhouse community because you are a hero of the astral plane and we so appreciate your support. <laughs>